The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field, which a person finds and hides again, and out of joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. When he finds a pearl of great price, he goes and sells all that he has and buys it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net thrown into the sea, which collects fish of every kind. When it is full, they haul it ashore and sit down to put what is good into buckets. What is bad, they throw away. Thus it will be at the end of the age. The angels will go out and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Do you understand all these things? They answered, yes. And he replied, then every scribe who has been instructed in the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings from his storeroom both the new and the old. The Gospel of the Lord. Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven today. Another way to understand that is the lordship of Jesus. And so the kingdom is not something abstract, like out there somewhere or up there somewhere. But as Jesus began his public ministry, he said the kingdom of God is here. In other words, here I am. I am Lord, not Caesar. That's what the Romans used to say back then. Caesar is Lord. But Jesus was coming on the scene and saying, I am Lord. The kingdom of heaven is here. And so today, he likens the kingdom of heaven to a treasure buried in a field. Carson, Michael, did you ever go looking for a treasure in the ground or on the beach or something, you know? Like a scavenger hunt? Have you ever done a scavenger hunt? Right? Yeah. Yeah, good. Thank you. Somebody's connecting with me this morning. I can remember when I was a boy, we went to my neighbor's house so I wouldn't get in trouble, and we just started digging this really deep hole behind his garage. I think we got about three feet deep, and that was about that. But, but when you find a treasure, when you find something that you've been looking for, that you've been working hard to search for, and you finally find it, you're filled with joy. Ah, oh, I found it. But then you realize, okay, uh, I don't want anybody else to find this. I'm going to go and make sure that I can, you know, take this and treasure it for myself and, and, and relish it, you know, appreciate it. Like fine pearls. Okay, I know some of you ladies have looked for fine pearls before, you know, don't lie. 
and the kingdom of heaven is like a fine pearl, and you go and sell all that you have and buy it. So, in other words, it's something very valuable. Jesus is trying to communicate to us that our relationship with him and his relationship with us is very valuable. So I know you boys can appreciate that. You both have something or some things that you consider valuable. Hopefully your relationship with Jesus, your relationship with your family, friends, right? So Jesus takes his relationship with us very seriously. God is so proud of us, his children, that he created. God is so proud of you. He thought that you were so valuable that he even was willing to die for you. And so, imagine you all have different thoughts that come to you when you look up at the crucifix. What I want all of us to appreciate is that Jesus didn't do that just to take away our sins, but he did it to give us a relationship with the Father, to reconcile us with the Father in the Spirit. So they were gathering us. God was gathering us to himself. Because he loved us so much. He was so proud of what he created. You and me. That he was wanting to claim us for himself. Even though the devil had put his foot in it. And separated us from God by causing us to sin. God was not going to let sin have the last word. He was going to have the last word. And he said that we were worthy of saving. I don't have the second reading right here in front of me. But it's from Romans chapter 8. It's a beauty. That whole chapter of Paul's letter to the Romans chapter 8 is really inspiring. And Paul reminded us today that all things work for the good for those who love God. All things. It's really important for us to keep in mind, especially in these uncertain times that we're living in. That all things are working out for the good. Even bad things. And again, as we look at the crucifix, that is... The greatest example of God taking something bad and turning it into good. The death of his only son, the crucifixion, was, in a sense, the price that God paid for our salvation. It, it became for us the source of eternal life. So if God can take that and turn it on its head, he can take coronavirus or anything else and turn it on its head and make it work out for the good. 
give us in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health, for richer or for poor, is himself. He wants to nourish the life of God, the divine life that he has planted in our hearts with himself, the bread of life. And today, Carson and Michael are going to receive the bread of life for the first time. They've already been given the seed of divine life at baptism, just like all of us. And that friendship with God is going to be nourished today in a very special way. And let's just pray that all of us can appreciate this gift of the Eucharist, the Blessed Sacrament, the Bread of Life, the Bread of Angels, whatever you want to call it, more and more. Let's pray that we can appreciate it more and more. Because we all have a desire to have a friendship with God. We all have a desire to be loved unconditionally, to be known, to be loved, to be appreciated, to be affirmed. And as we come to know God better and better, and we come to appreciate just how proud of us He is and, and how passionate He is about our salvation, that will inspire us to become more like Jesus. That's really the goal of our life. What is the meaning of life, Carson? What's the meaning of life, Michael? It's not just to get to heaven. Yes, that's a reward. But the meaning of your life is to become like Jesus. That is the meaning, that is the goal of all of our lives. To become like onto the one in whose image and likeness we are made. And if God is love, that means we're all called to become love. To become love. Not just to love, but to become love. Think about that. You can talk about that when you're having your today. What does it mean to become love? What does that mean? Talk about that today. Talk about that. Pray for that grace. Because we can't do it on our own. It's not natural. It's supernatural. Which means it's, it, it relates to God very directly. And we need His grace, His power, His presence, which we get when we receive Holy Communion, in order to be transformed. Our lives are meant to be transformed by our relationship with God, so that we become all that He created us to be. When He sees us, He sees the greatness in us, the potential that we all have to be saints, and what is a saint? Somebody who loves to a heroic degree. Even in the faces, in the face of difficulty. And so let's pray, all of us, that these boys will become saints. The saints that God has called them to be. Whatever that is. Whatever path in life that God has laid out for them. Whatever it may be. That they follow it. And let's pray that we can all follow the path that God has laid out for us.
Because that's the path to life. It's the path to happiness and holiness. So let's entrust this petition of ours to Saints Anne and Joachim. We celebrate today Saints Anne and Joachim. Saint Anne is the patroness of our Archdiocese. So we pray to Saint Anne today in a special way and her husband Joachim, the parents of Mother Mary, the Blessed Virgin Mary. Jesus' grandparents, right? We pray to the grandparents of Jesus to help us all become like Jesus. Amen?